Hello, this is Father Gabriel Kite, and this is The Road to Emmaus for Radio Maria England. Thank you so much for joining us today as we continue our journey to Emmaus. We're in the second episode today of a six-part series exploring the Church's teaching on the Eucharist. And today our journey takes us to the Upper Room on Holy Thursday and then on to Calvary on Good Friday, exploring the gift of the Eucharist as sacrifice. I wanted to begin today in the Upper Room on Holy Thursday, hearing uh, the, those beautiful words of Jesus that instituted the Eucharist for us. And so I invite you to pray with me as I read this scripture. And perhaps if you're able, if you're not driving your car at the moment, um, to place yourself with me up in the upper room with the Lord and to listen to him uh, and to see what might the Lord might want to speak to you as we prayerfully enter into this scene. When the hour came, Jesus sat at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I shall not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a chalice. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I shall not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the chalice after supper, saying, This chalice which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the gift of yourself in the Eucharist and for revealing yourself to us in the breaking of the bread. As we pray together on this journey to Emmaus today, open our minds and our hearts again to recognize you there, especially in the gift of yourself offered to us as a sacrifice. Lord, that we might see your love given and be able to respond in faith with a love like yours. Amen. Well, in that scripture we just heard, Jesus, perhaps, perhaps I'm sure it's very familiar to you, we hear it every time we go to Mass, at least parts of it, the words themselves, take this all of you and eat of it, take this all of you and drink from it, for this is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Do this in memory of me. So we see, you know, in those words that are so familiar to us, this connection between that moment in the Eucharist and the offering of himself on the cross. And that's really what we want to look at today to see if we can get an inside view of the mystery of the Eucharist as a sacrifice. When we, uh, a possible definition for sacrifice is this, offering some material to God intended to signify the disposition of the one offering it. So something, we offer something to God that reflects the person who's offering it. You know, we pray in thanksgiving as I offer this 
grain offering, for example, you know, or I pray, I offer this sacrifice of maybe during Lent, you know, we offer particular food or some kind of, you know, give up dessert and puddings, etc. As a, as a sacrifice in, in a spirit of repentance, perhaps, you know, that I, I want to change my heart. I want to live more for the Lord. So there's something expressed in the sacrifice of the person who's offering it. There's three kinds of sacrifice. A sacrifice of adoration and praise. And we can call this latrudic. It's a strange word, but it comes from the Latin word latria for praise. So a sacrifice, uh, one, a sacrifice of adoration and praise. It can be propitiatory, meaning that the sacrifice gives satisfaction for sins. And we see this in the Old Covenant in Yom Kippur, where annually a sacrifice for sin is offered. A sacrifice can also be deprecatory, meaning that the sacrifice represents a person asking God for help. So we offer this sacrifice pleading to God, expressing a need or um, a situation to the Lord that needs his intervention. So a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice to satisfy for sins, offering the sacrifice, pleading with God to forgive us. And the third kind of sacrifice, deprecatory, asking God's help. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross fulfills all three of these. And it's this sacrifice of the cross that's offered in the Eucharist. So the Eucharist is a sacrifice of praise. The Eucharist is a sacrifice that satisfies, gives satisfaction for sins. And it's a sacrifice that pleads for God's help because it's the sacrifice of the cross. And the way we can, the, 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 the key that connects these two realities, the Eucharist and the cross, is the fact that the Eucharist is not just a symbol, but it's the real presence. It's not just a symbol of Jesus' body broken and offered. It's not just a symbol of Jesus' blood poured out, but it really is his body and his blood present there by the power of the Holy Spirit and the words of Christ spoken by his ordained priest. The bread and the wine become indeed the body and blood of Christ. And so his body is present, offered. His blood is present, poured out for us. What happened on Holy Thursday, Pope Benedict said, is the inside view of what happens on Good Friday. The two go together as one. It's one event, the Eucharist, the new covenant. This is my body. This is my blood. This is the new covenant. The Eucharist is this new covenant. And the Eucharist is the cross. Stay with me as we explore this. It'll become more clear. The Eucharist is a sacrifice because Jesus, the priest, who offered it on the cross, is present now in the person of the priest. He's offering that same sacrifice. The victim of the sacrifice is also present. Jesus is both the priest and the victim on the cross, and he is present. The Eucharist is the making present and the sacramental offering of Jesus' one sacrifice. So it's not another sacrifice. It's the same sacrifice 
offered then, now, under sacramental signs of bread and wine transformed into his body and blood. The only difference between the sacrifice of the cross and the sacrifice of the Eucharist, that is the Eucharist, is the manner in which the one sacrifice of the cross is offered. Again, stay with me. Pope Pius XII, in his letter Mediator Dei, meaning the mediator of God, says this, By which, through an unbloody immolation, the high priest does that which he already did on the cross. So Jesus is present in the Holy Eucharist, offering that which he already did on the cross. So it's not a new sacrifice. It's the same sacrifice of the cross that Jesus is offering there in the Eucharist. The Council of Trent says this, The victim is one and the same. The same now offers through the ministry of priests, who then offered himself on the cross. Only the manner of offering is different. The victim is one and the same. It's Jesus. The same, meaning Jesus, now offers through the ministry of priests, who then he offers now what he offered then on the cross. Only the manner of offering is different. And it goes on. And since in this divine sacrifice, which is celebrated in the Mass, the same Christ who offered himself once in a bloody manner on the altar of the cross is contained and offered in an unbloody manner, this sacrifice is truly propitiatory. And so, because the Eucharist is the sacrifice of the cross, offered now in an unbloody manner, not offered again, as if the sacrifice gets repeated endlessly, but it's the same offering that he offered on the cross, offered now under sacramental signs for the forgiveness of sins. Sometimes we can say, you know, and this comes out in our prayer uh, around the Mass, right? That we offer the Mass for a particular intention. There's a sense of the cross, the effects of the cross, the sacrifice of the cross, the power of the cross being applied to our personal situations now. And it's not as if the cross at the time of the Lord's offering it, because huh? it's the same sacrifice being offered, but it presents an opportunity for us to enter into that mystery through sacramental signs in the Mass now. And so it all hinges around the fact that the Lord is present and that the Lord is able to work in time and in eternity. It's all the same for him. And he is present there offering himself as victim and offering the sacrifice as a priest in the Eucharist. You're listening to Road to Emmaus. This is Father Gabriel Kite, and you're listening to The Road to Emmaus for Radio Maria England. The Mass in its rites reveals itself as a sacrifice. So we can see as the Mass unfolds and we see what happens during the Mass, what the priest does, the words that he says, describe and imply a sacrifice being offered. First, in the words of institution, you know, we hear the same words Jesus spoke in the upper room. This is my body given up for you. That sense of offering his body, right? 
His blood, again, this is my blood, poured out for you. That sense of sacrifice coming through at the high point of the Mass in the words of institution. We also see a sacrifice being signified, Christ's body, the blood, the wine, his blood, right? And what happens when you, you know, here the body and the blood are separate. The bread and the wine are separated. When you separate blood uh, from your body, what happens? Death. We also see when the bread is broken, you know, the fraction rite, we call that, you know, symbolizing the body being broken, you know, offered. And then at another point, now this is just to finish the meaning of the Eucharist because it also points to the resurrection. So just before the priest holds up the host and the chalice, presenting it to the congregation with the words, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Just before that, he breaks a small piece of the host and places it in the chalice, into the wine. We call that the mingling rite. And that is a symbol of the resurrection, where the body and blood are reunited, life. So in the Eucharist, we see this um, symbolized, the sacrifice, the sacrifice of the Lord, but also the victory of his sacrifice in the in the resurrection another way the mass points to it being a sacrifice is in the eucharistic prayer the long prayer after the institution narrative gets spoken right we say the mystery of faith and then the priest begins this long prayer which remembers it's called an anamnesis which is a memorial greek word pointing to the jewish tradition of remembering when when the jewish people prayed they always prayed with the memory of what God had already done in their history. So it's a beautiful example of fidelity and living their life in relationship with the past events of God. And we hear this again in the Eucharistic prayer, right? A sacred remembrance of the Lord's actions and for uh, makes them present, you know. And when, when Israel would remember the past events of God in their history, they understood that to be something that made those events present in the moment. And it was so that in that prayer, in that liturgy, in that public worship of God together with all of Israel, they would remember the past events of God. They would remember how, and how their, God worked through their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it wasn't just a nostalgic remembering, but it was to make present those moments again to them now and invite a response to them today so that they too could express the faith of their forefathers and live in this covenant that God had established through these mighty works in the past. And this is continued in a unique way in the Eucharist where we remember God's actions, but especially where we remember Jesus' death and resurrection, the fulfillment of God, all of God's works, you know, the supreme intervention of God in our history, so that we today can respond with Mary and John at the foot of the cross and say, yes, Lord, amen. I offer myself too in union with you. Thank you for the, your death on the cross.
So this is a way, um, these are some of the elements in the, in the Mass where we see the, the nature of it as, as a sacrifice coming to the fore. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says this, The Eucharist is thus a sacrifice because it makes present the sacrifice of the cross, because it is its memorial, and because it applies its fruit. Repeating again what I said previously that, you know, the Eucharist is a sacrifice that applies the, the, the power of the cross to our present lives, our current history. You know, it takes it in and we're our freedom. You know, we say yes, allowing the Lord to enfold our history into this awesome act of God in the cross and in the Lord's resurrection. The Lord did it for all of us, yes, but he waits for our yes. He waits for us to give him permission to let it transform us. And this is what he's waiting for in the Eucharist, where we come to the cross with John and Mary and indeed say, yes, Lord, let it have its effect in me. Let me be folded into this wonderful act, you know, this uh, unfolding of your love on the cross. In our Catholic faith, if you're Irish, <laughs> maybe you've heard this, you know, the great invitation, you know, to live by the cross, offer it up, offer it up. And we know this, you know, there's something true in it, even though it might grade us the wrong way. Uh, it sounds a bit wooden, but there's something in it that's real. You know, there's something in our, uh, in that prayer that speaks to the heart of our Catholic faith, which, as I've said now, you know, needs to be integrated and brought into our personal lives and, and through the cross, you know, through the Eucharist, sorry. The cross, you know, needs to come into our lives in a deeper way. We need to be transformed by the cross. And this happens at the Mass, but it also happens in our devotional life around the Mass. And even in the Mass and things that flow out of the Mass, it all gives expression to this sense of bringing ourselves and our needs to the Mass and letting the Mass, the cross, transform us from the inside out. Where do we see this in particular? Well, our Catholic... Um, where do we see this element of the cross as a sacrifice expressed in our Catholic devotion and in our practice? Well, first of all, in, in churches, there's always a crucifix near to the altar, preferably. The church asks that. If not on the altar, then certainly near the altar. And many churches, although many of them have been taken down after the Second Vatican Council for various reasons, some upright, some less so, but we had the tradition of a rood screen where above the sanctuary at the, in the, the threshold of the sanctuary was a large crucifix with John and, and uh, Mary, our Blessed Mother, sometimes Mary Magdalene there as well and an image of what's happening on the altar, the crucifixion depicted in art to help us to recognize what's happening in a veiled fashion, but nevertheless real on the altar. We also see this tradition of the sacrifice of the Mass being for the forgiveness of sins expressed when people offer a Mass for those who've died. If you have a devotion to St. Pio of Pietrelcina, Padre Pio, 
you'll know how many um, visions he had when he was celebrating Mass of countless souls in purgatory coming to his Mass because they knew that, uh, that he would be praying for them and that this, this Mass, you know, where the, where the sacrifice of the cross is represented, is, uh, has a, uh, you know, is powerful for them. And they were freed and they were purified from their sins, freed from their sins, and able to enter heaven. And, uh, you know, the, these experiences and witnesses of the saints can encourage us too, you know, to have masses said for our faithful departed and certainly to encourage others, please pray for me, please have masses said for me when I pass because it has a purifying effect on us. Masses, uh, yes, offered for other intentions. We see this all the time. So we see these various uh, ways of Catholic devotion that give expression to the Eucharist as, as a sacrifice. And these are things that need to be encouraged and not thrown out, but really revived because they're little doorways into the mystery of the Eucharist that need to be kept open uh, for us. Just a word on participation at the Mass. I know we've heard a lot about that since the Second Vatican Council, where the Council asked that there be a full, active, and conscious participation of the faithful in the Mass. And sometimes that's been uh, understood to mean simply, you know, to do some kind of activity at the Mass, that I need to be a reader or a server, or maybe, you know, there's different controversies that have come up where, you know, the proper roles of the priest were distributed amongst the laity. And this is an improper understanding of what the Church was asking for in its documents at the Second Vatican Council. It didn't want that kind of participation that was, you know, focused on doing things that at one point was limited more to either ordained ministers or, or people with particular ministries. But it was this interior participation that was urged. At the time, people didn't always understand what was going on in the Eucharist, what was going on in the Mass. And so they'd be preoccupied with other devotions, which were helpful to dispose the heart in prayer. At least there was prayer there. But there was more being asked. And when we can understand what's really happening at the Mass, when we can follow the flow of the rite, and also where we can recognize that in some ways this is a mystery, it's not just possible to reduce it to human um, measures and categories. There's something divine happening here something beyond explanation in full. You know, this awe that can be engendered by that, the sense of wonder as we approach the Mass. This is the kind of interior participation that the Church is asking for, the full, active, and conscious participation of a believer, of someone who knows by faith what's happening and wants to participate. Like I've said, in the same way that Mary and John did at the cross. Mary and John participated in the cross by uniting themselves to the Lord in love. Lord, I give myself in union with you, right? And Romans 12 talks about this. St. Paul says, urges us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. And this is really Catholic for us. It becomes a, we become a Eucharistic lifestyle, right? To live our lives deeply connected to the Eucharist to the love that God has shown us in the Eucharist, laying our lives down in turn in service, receiving from the Lord his love in the cross, and then giving it in, in kind back to the Lord 
and to our neighbor to love our brothers and sisters. This is what it means to live and participate in the Eucharist fully. A life given, a life of praise and gratitude. You know, a life that knows where our sins are forgiven, that we need the forgiveness of God, but that we can be assured of it in the Eucharist, in the cross, when we come in faith. So when Christ becomes present at Mass, he does so not to repeat the sacrifice of the cross, but to draw us into it. You see that now, and this is um, what it means to fully participate in the Mass, to enter in with faith. You know, so it doesn't matter whether we're greeting people at the door, as beautiful as that is, or whether we're reading or singing in the choir. Those are all ways that some of us can certainly help and participate. But even there, all of that doesn't amount to the kind of participation that the Lord desires. He wants that interior participation where we come with faith, you know, filled with love and awe and wonder and prayerfulness to the Lord. And so I encourage you as you uh, make this journey with us to take on that, that attitude that uh, the saints had. And in particular, I'll mention St. Francis, and he said this about the Eucharist. He who gives himself completely waits for all of you. So thanks very much for joining us today. Let's pray for one another uh, as we hopefully in these days of uncertainty are able to still access the sacraments, be able to go to Mass, and to perhaps uh, ask the Holy Spirit to give us that deep, deeper faith, knowing now that we're walking up uh, to the upper room. We're going to Calvary. That's where we are at the Mass. And to approach our celebration with the same faith that the Apostles had, that Mary had, that John had. Yes, Lord, I am here. I receive the gift of your love poured out. And I offer myself in return. God bless you, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. And we'll see you next time at our, uh, on the road to Emmaus in our third episode where we'll, we'll look at the Eucharist as the real presence. So looking forward to being with you then. <music>